Do you often find yourself really confused about the truth on fats? Are fats good? Are they bad? Is it somewhere in between? Well, today we're going to be answering those questions. All the nutrition information out there today, everything's conflicting, completely confusing. How are we supposed to be healthy if even the experts can't agree? This is Outspoken Nutrition. I'm your host, Laura Timbrook, and we're going to break it all down. Hey, everybody. Today, we're going to be talking about fats and really breaking down on what the truth of them is. Well, before we get started, I want to just tell you a little bit about how we're going to run this. Today, we're going to be talking about different fats. We're going to talk about omegas. We're going to talk about cholesterol. We're going to discuss it all in a very quick, concise way because it gets really confusing. As always, there is links in the show notes if you would like to learn more, but we're going to kind of break it down pretty simple. So, you know, it was funny when I was going through nutrition school, I was the most confused about fats because so much of the information is conflicting. And I can tell you, even the studies out there, they are conflicting. So I think there is still so much we need to learn when it comes to fats, but I want to provide you the information so you can decide what is best for you. There's a lot of fad diets out there right now, keto being the main one, which is really high in fat. And let's just give you a quick rundown of keto. And I'm going to talk about the regular keto diet that most people are following. I'm going to quickly talk about a clinical keto diet. So a clinical keto diet is the original keto diet and it was created to help kids with epilepsy to be able to function because a lot of, one, there wasn't medication or the medication there was, they could not take it. That's where the keto diet came into place. And it has some amazing studies around how effective the keto diet was for these kids, for epileptic patients. And when we started getting a little bit more modernized and medication came into play, the keto diet was kind of the last resort. The clinical keto diet, 90% of somebody's calories were coming from fat. That is really high. But when it came to being able to function for life, this was a diet that really gave a lot of people hope that we're in those situations. Now, the keto diet we are really following is about 70% of our calories are coming from fat. So it's a little bit different. We've transformed it. There's still a lot of research that goes both ways when it comes to the keto diet. Listen, if you like the keto diet, you feel good on the keto diet and you can sustain a keto type lifestyle, then by all means, go for it. I know a lot of the people I have talked to that have tried keto, they liked it, but trying to sustain it was very difficult. And for them, it really just led to weight gain at the end because if you're not sustaining it and you're not slowly adding these things back in and making yourself fat adaptive and all that crazy scientific stuff, then it might not be the best bet. But here is the information on it. We dug deeper in there. We have a keto episode that goes a little bit deeper, but that's kind of the quick run through on it. So now let's get back to the truth about fats. So there are two main different types of fats. We have our saturated fats and our unsaturated fats. We're gonna be talking also about trans fats at the end, but really when it comes down to fats, it's saturated fats and unsaturated fats. Now, when we talk about unsaturated fats, there's two different types of unsaturated fats. These are polyunsaturated fats 
and monounsaturated fats. And really the difference between poly and mono is hydrogen bonds, but we're not gonna go into that. But what we wanna do talk about is the omega-3, 6, and 9s. And this really gets divided between polyunsaturated and monounsaturated. The omega-3s is what we hear a lot about, but there's more than just omega-3s. We have omega-3s, we have omega-6, and we have omega-9s. So let's just give a quick rundown of what an omega-3 is. So an omega-3 is our anti-inflammatory fatty acid. This is what everybody focuses a lot on are these anti-inflammatory properties. Our omega-6s are pro-inflammatory. Now, I know what you're thinking, why in the world would I want to eat anything that's pro-inflammatory? Well, for every good, you have to have a bad. And for anything that is anti-inflammatory, we need the, uh, the inflammatory response. Now, not saying we should be always in an inflammatory state. That's where chronic inflammation comes in. That's where disease comes in. But we do need to still have omega-6s on our bodies when we get hurt, when we get sick. Our bodies need the ability to inflame, to be able to fight off diseases, to be able to heal. So both inflammatory and anti-inflammatory really play a role in our overall health. The problem is we generally have way too many omega-6s, which cause chronic inflammation and not enough omega-3s. It's really a balancing act. Now, omega-9s are considered a non-essential fatty acid, where omega-3s and 6s are an essential fatty acid. And the difference between an essential fatty acid like omega-3s and 6s versus a non-essential fatty acid like an omega-9 is our, we need to get omega-3 and 6 from an outside source where omega-9 can actually create it in our body. So those are the key differences between the two of them. Now, a polyunsaturated fat has omega-3 and omega-6 properties. A monounsaturated fat has omega-9 properties. So what does all this mean for foods we eat? Well, let's just quickly talk about the foods that are high in omega-3s. So foods that are high in omega-3s are salmon, mackerel, anchovies, sardines, chia seeds, and flax seeds. These are the ones that are high in our omega-3s. Foods that are naturally high in omega-6s are soybean oil, corn oil, mayonnaise, walnuts, sunflower seeds, almonds, cashews. These are high in omega-6s. Now, a lot of times, as you see from the foods that are high in omega-6, stuff like soybean oil and corn oil are in a lot of our processed foods. And we're gonna be talking about, you know, watching those processed foods, but that's what happens. We get a diet that's so high in processed foods Food, where it's significantly higher in omega-6s versus omega-3s. Ideally, we need it the opposite way. We really want anywhere between a 2 to 1 ratio to a 4 to 1 ratio when it comes to omega-3s versus omega-6s. We want more omega-3s and less omega-6s where Really, most of our diets are really high in omega-6s and really low in omega-3s. We need to switch that solution around. And if you can see by the examples, really it comes down to eating natural food sources, no much, not so much processed, because the moment we start adding processes and those soybean oils and those corn oils, that is drastically increasing 
are omega-6s. So let's talk about foods with omega-9s. So food with omega-9s are our monounsaturated fats. These are our olive oils, our nut and seeds oils, vegetable oils. Nuts and seeds by themselves are omega-9s. And you can see through a lot of these examples that some of the omega-9s, some of the omega-6s, they cross paths. And this is one of the amazing things that's about food is they kind of, everything works as a network. So a lot of times we like to say, okay, we're gonna eat this food for this, this food for that, that food for this. Where if we just ate a balanced diet of nuts, seeds, some cold water fish, we can be easily getting all of these different types of fats in and we don't need to worry about them. The problem that we need to start worrying about is when we start taking all of this processed foods or we're eating way too many walnuts versus chia seeds. This is where we need some balance and this is why balance is so important. Now, when we talk about how many fat grams we should have in a day, we're really looking about 30% of our caloric intake, I should say 20 to 30% of our caloric intake should be coming from a fat source. So that's usually about 15 to 25 grams per person per day of fats we should be eating. Now, if you think about it, a piece of bacon has nine grams of fat. A quarter cup of almonds has about eight or seven to eight grams of fat. So you could see how it's really easy just to have a serving of nuts and some olive oil and be able to hit all of our fats or have some flax seeds and a little bit of olive oil. And we can hit all the fats that we need. So we don't need this absorbent amount of fat to necessarily move forward. Now, a lot of times when we're looking at a high fat diet, we are taking in a lot of fat. Now, there are studies that say high fat diets cause issues with cholesterol, cause heart disease, cause diabetes, cause all that. But then we have the same type of studies that say, no, it reduces it. And I really think it comes down to the person. You know, we have to think about it. If you come from an Alaskan descent of Eskimos, your body's ability to need those higher fats are going to be there versus someone that has grown up in a very warm climate where they're not needing much fat. This all plays a role in our genetic makeup and how we handle fats. It's very common. I know when I was working at health fairs that if you have someone of Nordic descent, that their cholesterol is always naturally higher. Now, there's been that whole cholesterol thing where cholesterol causes heart disease, no, it doesn't. Yes, it does. We should be eating eggs. We shouldn't be eating eggs. And I really think it comes down to how do you feel when you're eating eggs? Are you having health issues? Are you having heart disease issues? You know, it's all part of what we need to look at. Now, let's talk a little bit about saturated fats and cholesterol. Now, when we talk about saturated fat, a really easy way to know if something is saturated fat or not is a saturated fat at room temperature will be liquid and solid in a colder temperature. Think of butter. If you leave butter out, it becomes soft. If you put it in a pan, it becomes liquid. If you put it in the refrigerator, it becomes a hard stick. Coconut oil, bacon, anybody ever have bacon grease where if it's hot in your pan, it's liquid. If you put it in a tin can on your stove, it is solid and that's essentially a saturated fat. Now, I also wanna talk about cholesterol because cholesterol is really important. We always think of cholesterol as being something really bad, but there's a lot of benefits to cholesterol. You know, if you think of, 
mother's milk. It's actually really high in cholesterol and babies need that for proper brain development. But cholesterol is really a precursor to a lot of our hormones. So it's necessary for something like vitamin D. We need that cholesterol to be able to use vitamin D. So if we have no cholesterol, it's not good. The problem is sometimes we take in way too much cholesterol. That becomes a problem. You know, when we talk about cholesterol too, cholesterol plays a role in our overall makeup of cell membranes. You know, it can actually guard the liver from toxins. So it's really important that we have some cholesterol, but not too much. And I think this is where a lot of times our diets become so out of hand and we always wanna look for that bad food and we take it to the extreme. I don't think there's really a bad food. Some foods might be better than others. And sometimes we just have to back up on all the food because we are clearly eating too much of everything. And this is really where fat comes to play. You know, there's a lot of studies that also will show that half of your fat intake should come from saturated fats. Now, mind you, that is half of, let's say, 17 grams. A piece of bacon, one slice of bacon is nine grams. Eggs have cholesterol. So a lot of times we're eating eggs and bacon in the morning, that is all cholesterol. We are way too high. And then at lunch, it becomes sandwiches and all of this. And now we're too high on omega-6s. We're always way too high where if we ate a diet that was rich in plants, fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds, a little bit of animal protein, we would be much better off balancing this out. Now, I know there's a lot of research going on on keto and I get it. But what we don't know right now is the long-term effects. We Now, we might know long-term effects for a clinical keto diet, but remember, that clinical keto diet is literally for survival. It's for somebody to be able to lead a life of not having seizures constantly. So when we're talking about that and talking about just overall vitalizing and optimizing how we act, I don't know if a keto type diet is the right thing to do. Now, if you are a professional performance, lifting, bodybuilding, then yes, keto, being in ketosis, being fat adaptive might be something you want to look for because that's your body's goals. Your body is to really optimize yourself. But for those of us that are just trying to lead a healthy lifestyle that is easy and fun and not really restrictive, I don't know if creating a restrictive diet is right. And that's where everyone has to really decide for themselves what is proper for them. But I think in order to do so, we need to have an understanding of what fats mean? What is the difference between an omega-3, 6, and 9? What's the difference between a uh, saturated fat and an unsaturated fats? Now, let's real quick talk about trans fats. I think it's pretty clear across the board, across almost all medical experts, trans fats are bad. And what is a trans fat? So trans fat is really an unsaturated fat that is mimicking it, mimicking itself to be a saturated fat. And they're doing so by adding hydrogen into the molecules of the fat. 
Now, in doing so, we kind of jack everything all up, and it's just not good. So we're realizing that trans fats probably weren't a great thing. Margarine, all of this trans fat stuff that we created really doesn't serve a purpose and actually makes things a lot worse. We would be much better off eating butter than margarine. And we're starting to learn that. So when it comes down to trans fats, stay away. Trans fats, we don't need. Now, that's not to say, listen, if you're going out and you're having a piece of pie and it's made with a hydrogenated fat, so a hydrogenated fat would be a trans fat. Crisco is a big one. So if you're eating something that's Crisco or a hydrogenated fat, I'm not saying don't eat it, but just really be mindful that those are like really the bad fats. And that data is really pretty much across the board. Trans fats are bad. (laughs) Um, You're much better off eating a pie made of full butter or lard than you would be eating a pie made with Crisco. Now, I do agree over the holidays, Crisco is significantly cheaper than buying a whole bunch of butter or a whole bunch of lard. So that's what I'm saying. We have to kind of pick and choose. And I'm not saying don't ever eat it, but know that that's the one that's really not good. So I hope you guys found this episode helpful. I hope this clears up a little bit of information and gives you more information to go forward in making the right choices for you. I'm gonna put a bunch of links for resources in the show notes so you can learn more for yourself. And as always, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and don't forget to eat your effing veggies because we all agree veggies are good. I'll talk to you later.